Welcome to The Truth Must Be Told. I hope that you have been enjoying this podcast. We have covered many, many subjects and will continue to do so. The response to this podcast has been excellent, and I will continue to bring you quality podcasts with which you can learn from and perhaps give you some hope in this uncertain world. If you have missed any episodes, you can go to thetruthmustbetold.org and you will find the link for anchor.fm which will allow you to listen to previous podcasts absolutely free. It's free to visit the site and free to listen. While you're there, consider hitting that support button and help this ministry to continue to grow around the world. Thank you for your support and for joining me here on The Truth Must Be Told. Happy Thursday, everyone. Eh, We're just going to be doing some general chit-chat today (laughs) on The Truth Must Be Told. He's just ignorant. He doesn't know any better than to tell the truth. It's the truth. I just want to report the truth. It'd be a nice change of pace. When in doubt, tell the truth. Edward, I tried to tell the truth, and it kicked me off the air. You can't handle the truth! And now, speaking the truth, even though it hurts, here's the host of The Truth Must Be Told, Sal Passos. Hello, everyone. Hello, hello, hello. And thank you for being here with me today. Uh, just give me one second while I put the do not disturb on my phone. I usually do that beforehand, but I forgot. Just looking at it now, I can almost guarantee you'll get a phone call. All right, so I hope everybody is well. Welcome again to the uh, podcast. I'm uh, just really excited because everything is uh, going along pretty well. And do you realize today, folks, that this is episode 60? 60! Yeah, this is really good. Episode 60. I'm so excited. Now, don't you get too excited out there. Yeah, I know. That's what I hear because I ask people to write in, and this is what I usually get. I get crickets. So, hey, uh, write into the show. Go to the truthmustbetold.org, and let's eliminate those crickets there. And let's get on and, and you know, tell me what you think, how things are going. And um, I'm just so excited. Uh, welcome, and I would just, again, to my new friends on Facebook. Oh, man, there's just so many that have... Uh, that have uh, befriended me. Uh, a lot of it, I believe, has to do with uh, a pastor that I've friended in uh, Ghana. Am I pronouncing that right? Please tell me if I'm pronouncing that right. And uh, now a lot of, I'm assuming, members of his congregation or other people out there are tuning in as well. And wow, this is really exciting. But um, but to the, my new friends on Facebook, welcome. And thank you for checking out the podcast. I've asked you all to, to check it out. The truth must be told, uh, when I was putting this together, was the page was up to 106 that were following. I believe it's up to about 120 now, it, within the hour or so that it took me to put everything together. And it's growing daily. Um, it, it's, it's uh, you know, just to let you know, I will, just, I will accept just about anybody as a friend on social media. You know, someday they may need to hear the gospel, and my hopes is that something I say on this podcast will interest them enough to ask for help or for prayer. So it doesn't really matter what kind of background they're from or whether they're just uh, telling me I'm handsome. when they, <laughs> Oh, hi, handsome. I say, yeah, my wife thinks so, too. Here's the podcast. Um, so, you know, you guys are out there. I know that you, you know, you, look, just use a little discretion if you think you're going to friend me. And, uh, you know, look at look at my description before you friend me. Just, you'll see I am happily married. And uh, not that I don't love having lots of friends. I'm just like I said. Just give me the opportunity to um, come in here and and uh, and to share with you, and it's so good to you know so good that people are coming around. But if that's all you're you're doing, well, fine. You're welcome to be my friend, but just understand, I'm not here looking for a relationship. I already have a relationship, 
first with my Lord Jesus Christ, and second with my wife, who I love very, very much. All right. So it's just general chit-chat today. I just want to tell you, today has been a difficult day in the Paso's household. Both Lori and I were not feeling well. Uh, the last couple of days, it's been an up-and-down sort of thing. We're having trouble sleeping and, and whatnot. I don't know. Maybe i got to drink more apple cider vinegar or something. I, I don't know. But um, it's, just been, it's just been crazy. And there's so much work to do around here, and I don't even know where to begin. I've got a pool that I've got to clean up and fill. I've got a yard work out there that has to be taken care of. I got to change a, a belt and a pulley on my wife's car. It's not that hard, but it's just a matter of getting out there and doing it. And now the temperatures are starting to climb up here. It was uh, in the high 80s today down here in Alabama. And that's nothing unusual. It's just uh, makes it more difficult to work outside and do what I got to do. And it, the mornings are better because it's cooler, but it's very difficult for me to get up and get motivated first thing in the morning. Um, so... But uh, And we had to run out today, and we just arrived home after picking up a few necessities uh, at the store that we needed, dog food and, and whatnot. I know this sounds very boring to you, but just let you know, I am just as much of a uh, uh, regular guy as you. I put my pants on the same way that you do. Uh, <laughs> hey, have any of you ever felt that way, that you know, you're just like you're fighting some sort of general malaise? You, you don't feel like doing anything? Oh, my goodness. I have to force myself to get up and to get busy. It's just so annoying at times, it really is. But, uh, you know, that's the way life is. Uh, while I'm thinking about it, uh, how about you guys pray for Lori, okay? She was not so well today. In fact, uh, I just had to, before I came on the air, I had to go and pray with her. The Lord led me, you know, pray for her. She's not feeling well, so pray for her healing and comfort. Uh, and, you know, just, but I tell you, I am thankful for everything. You know, I'm thankful for my my beautiful wife, I'm thankful that uh, for the home we have here, um, I'm thankful for my office slash man cave slash bunker slash uh, <laughs> whatever else you want to call it, uh, operation center, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but uh, here we are, and I'm just very, very thankful. You know, there, there's a hymn that used to be sung quite a bit in churches, and now they, you know, they've gone from now to yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, which still don't get that. But um, it was called Count Your Blessings. And, you know, it's just, you know, Count Your Blessings, the chorus said, name them one by one. You know, Count Your Blessings, see what God has done. You know, Count Your Blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord had done. You'll be amazed. You'll be amazed. You know, it's so easy to get discouraged in today's world, you know, considering the present condition that we're in. But if we as Christians begin to count the blessings that the Lord has done for us, then we will be amazed at what the Lord has done. And maybe we can have a different <clears throat> attitude in the world to look at us just a little bit differently because um, we are Christians, and that says you're a peculiar people. Yeah, you, you, you laugh when you're supposed to be crying. You, you cry when you're, supposed to be, when you're supposed to be happy. You know, it's just all we're, we're kind of backwards to the world. But, see, we're, not, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. You know, and uh, I wasn't intending to say this, but Paul talked about we don't grieve like those who have no hope. You know, when you go to a funeral, uh, I remember growing up and going to the funerals of all these these people that pass away, friends, family, and everybody's lamenting. They're beating their chest. They're where they're all crying. They're they don't have any hope. They don't have any hope. I've been to Christian funerals, and it's almost like a party. Yeah, we're sad because the person has departed from us. Yes. But wow, you know, 
knowing that that person is in heaven with Jesus, oh my goodness, wow, what a time, you know, we know that he's in, he or she is in the presence of God, and, you know, it's difficult to grieve, <clears throat> we're going to grieve, excuse me, we're going to grieve, we're going to have difficulties, you know, accepting the fact that somebody's passed from this life into eternal life, but Wow, what a joy to know if that person loved the Lord, that they are in the presence of God and there's no more pain, no more sorrow, no more suffering, nothing, okay? And this is what we have to look forward to. All right, we have, we have Jesus. Um, now, we all have desires, don't we? we? We all have dreams, we all have hopes, things that we want to do, you know? Um, we go and say, well, I hope I win the lottery someday. <laughs> I would say that. Yeah, I'll play a lottery ticket. When I win the lottery... I say that too, you know, and every once in a while I'll buy a ticket, but it's no big deal. Um, the Lord lets me win the lottery, that's fine, and we do what we have to do. But that's probably not ever going to happen, so I'm not worried about that. <laughs> but we all have hopes, we have dreams, we have expectations of what life is supposed to be, and sometimes life brings us down, okay? God will help us with those desires, he'll help us with those um, those. He wants to give you the desires of your heart, but you have to realize that um, he knows, he, he, I'm not saying that, guarantee, that God's, I'm not guaranteeing that God's going to give you what you want, but for sure he knows what is best for us. You know, Jesus told his disciples, which one of you, if your son asks for bread, would give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your, will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Yeah, God wants to give you good things, okay? Now, there are things that I pray for, and you could pray along with me with this. If you're, uh, you think about me, pray for my wife's healing. She needs to, she needs to, get, uh, she needs to get healed and get over the stuff that's, that's going on with her. Um, I pray for people to come to Christ, you know, I pray for this podcast because I want to see it's it's going into the whole world. This, I mean, I've got places. I'm not saying the whole world, but it's going all over the place throughout the world. Let's put it that way, and it's exciting to see. I never expected this to get to this point. I got on here originally because I was ticked off at some of the stuff that was happening during the election in 2020, leading up to the election. That's when I started this thing. You know, but the Lord, the Lord has taken this in an entirely different uh, direction. And now look where we're at. Look where we're at. I've got listeners and people tuning in through Facebook and listening on the podcast on Anchor.fm and now the new uh, ra internet radio station, uh, ImpactRadioUSA.com, has picked me up. And, uh, folks, this is exciting news. I'm on iHeartRadio. I've never expected to be on iHeartRadio. You know, I tune in and I listen to podcasts of people I really like, you know, like Sean Hannity or, or Rush Limbaugh or any of these guys, Dan Bongino. I love these guys. And I tune in and listen to them. Or when I listen to, you know, preachers uh, through their podcasts, I'm like, this is exciting. I get to listen to these men. But now I'm there. I'm on iHeartRadio. Now, I'm not as popular as they are, but I'm on that medium. And this is just it's so exciting. Um, and I pray for the equipment that I need for this podcast to continue to help it to grow. I need a new camera. I need a new sound system. There's just all kinds of things going on. And I know the Lord will provide it in his time. He will. 
I pray for my friends and my family. That go, this is not necessarily all in this order, but I pray for my friends I know that have cancer or have other needs. You know, there's a lot of people hurting out there. I, but I place all of this stuff into God's hands, and I let him take it. Because, you know, Lori gets mad at me sometimes because why don't I get upset about things? Well, I do get annoyed at, at things that are happening. Some days I sit here with the mully grubs and say, you know, Nobody loves me, everybody hates me, going in the garden to eat some worms type of attitude. But I get over that quickly because I place it all into God's hands. I'm not perfect, people. I'm not saying I have the perfect thing to do. This is something you settle between you and God. But I am not going to—why? The world is still turning. The clock's still running. You know, I've got a—I get up in the morning. I have a beautiful wife to wake up to. I have a beautiful home here, you know, that needs some yard work on the outside. But we're getting there. And— um, you know, I've four dogs and four cats, and I've got more blessings here than I can count. So I just pray, and I th- you know, pray, pray, I pray for those things. You know, I pray for, again, people to come to the Lord, my wife's healing, the podcast, friends, family. Uh, that I, I know, you know, we've got friends and family <clears throat> that have so many needs. My cousin just had surgery up in Connecticut there. John, I hope you're listening. I love you, man. And he's God touched him, and he's going to be able to go back to work. Um, one of these days I'll share his story, or maybe I'll even get bold enough to get him on the air here if I can get him to. <laughs> because he's, he's, he's got quite a testimony, all right? But I place all of that into God's hands. Now, Sal, I prayed, but nothing happened. Now, you know, some of these teachers out there, that um, these name-it-and-claim-it folks, these blab-it-and-grab-it, or what we call hyper-faith teachers, you know, they'll tell you that, uh, well, you just don't have enough faith. Now, I don't think that's the case. I think that it is more the reason that you don't get your prayers answered is because you don't ask correctly. In James 4.3, it says, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. How many of you said, Lord, help me hit the lottery because when I hit it, I want to get a new home and I want to pay off my bills and I want to do this and I want to do that and I want to do this. That's spend it on your pleasures. You know, how many have actually said, I'll give it to the church? You know, honestly, is the church even in there when you think about it? Ministries in there when you think about it? If you hit the lottery, think about me, okay? I can use some funds here to get the ministry going here and new equipment and whatnot. But so when you hit the lottery, let me know. Okay. Just say, Sal, you know, here, I'm going to give a donation to you here. Okay. <laughs> hey, you know, maybe we should do a segment on prayer sometime. What do you think? Should we run a, run a segment on prayer? All right. Because, uh, you know, we, we pray sometimes and we do pray for the wrong motives. You know, what are we praying for? You know, to, so we can, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. James says, you're asking amiss. You're not praying according to the will of God. So you need to pray according to his will, and then you won't be disappointed. You really won't, because God will make a way. All right, so what else is happening today? Hmm. Well, I've been overwhelmed by the sheer hypocrisy that I'm seeing in the world, and particularly, you know, and in the Christian church. Of course, that hypocrisy in the Christian church has been there a long time. You know, and Jesus talked about this. He said, you know, you snub your nose at a person who comes in and is, you know, you give the person that's dressed right, has a lot of money. Here, come on, we're going to give you the head seat at the table here. 
But the person that looks like he just crawled in off the road here, you you go sit in the back over there and we'll disinfect your seat when you leave. You know, the, that's hypocrisy. It really is. You know, because somebody didn't meet up to somebody's standards. And, I, I, you know, look, I'm old, and, but I'm not as old as some who have been in the church for years. But, you know, it was a sin if a woman didn't wear a dress to church or a man wear a suit. Send to, to to wear makeup, some churches believe. You know, you shouldn't make your face up, ladies. I don't think it's a sin. I just think women go overboard. Now, you look pretty, ladies. Don't get me wrong. You look very pretty. But I think, you know, you're you're covering up God's beauty that he gave you. All right? Just keep that in mind. But you do as between you and God. Not me to say. That's between you and God. While I was putting this together, I was thinking of a movie called How Green Was My Valley. Now, this was made in, uh, I don't know, sometime in the Stone Age. No, it may have been a long time ago. It's actually a black and white film. Yeah, remember that? You, know, you older folks, remember black and white movies? Okay. And when, <clears throat> actually, when the movies actually had a moral structure to them, they, this was really good. But How Green Was My Valley, it's definitely one that I recommend. Um, it starred some excellent actors like Roddy McDowell. I think he was only like 10 or 12 years old when he was in that. Maureen O'Hara, Walter Pigeon, Barry Fitzgerald, Barry Fitzgerald, and so many more. All right, so it takes place at the turn of the century, of the last century, in a Welch mining village. Uh, the family by the name of the Morgans. Um, he, he, the, he, the, the father is stern, the mother is gentle, and they were, they were raising coal mining sons. Okay, so this was a... Welsh uh, coal mining village, and in um, their hopes that the youngest son, Roddy McDowell, would grow to have a better life or find a better life for himself than working in the slag heaps in the coal mines, okay? Now, during the movie, uh, you're shown their church that they attend there. I don't remember if they mentioned the, the denomination that it was, but I don't know. I have no idea what it was. But the deacons of the church in that church were portrayed as having a lot of power in the community. So much so that they held inquisitions when something sinful would happen. After service was over and the pastor said his final prayers, they would, uh, okay, come, you know, gather together for the deacons meeting, everybody, you know, and they would sit up there and they would, um, you know, they would sit up there. Uh, it's just, it was just bad. So one, one part of the movie, uh, a young lady in the church became pregnant outside of wedlock. Now, it's not such a big deal now, but back then, this was anathema. You, you know, you have just sinned a great sin. We might as well paint, you know, adulterer or sinner on you and, and you, you'll be cast out. The deacon board was going to punish her for her sin. And they, you know, they blatantly told her, stand up. Is it true that you, you sin? Admit your sin, you know, and she's just in tears. She has nothing to say. Uh, but they were going to punish her. How they were going to punish her, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they were just going to, she, she would just be ousted from the church or whatever. But their hypocrisy shone through, acting as though they were so holy and righteous. Oh, man, this young lady ran out of the church crying. Uh, Maureen O'Hara, which lovely lady she is, you know, she stood up and they told her, sit down, Miss Morgan. And he said, she, and she turned around and she called them a bunch of hypocrites. And then she spoke from the Bible, go and sin no more, Jesus said. And then she left the building. You know, how true is this? Now, if you're not familiar with that part of the Bible, let me tell you about that. There was a woman in Jesus' time that was caught in the act of adultery, and amazingly, they, according to the law, she was supposed to be stoned for this trespass, all right? 
Now, they brought her to Jesus. They didn't bring the, the, the husband to Jesus because he was the, the man that they caught her with because it said he, she was caught in the act of adultery. So somebody stumbled in on, in on them doing their thing, all right? And uh, they brought her to Jesus and asked if they should stone her. Now, he didn't answer them, but he bent down and he started writing something in the dirt. And um, they specul- nobody knows what he wrote in the dirt. And some people have said, speculated he was writing their sins down. Oh, adultery. Oh, we've got hypocrisy. Oh, we've got, you know, thieves. You know, we've got all this stuff. And he started, I, but I don't know. It does, the Bible doesn't say what he said, but he was just writing in the dirt. And uh, when they pressured him, well, what should we do? What should we do? He looked up and said, uh, he that was without sin among you cast the first stone. And then he went back to writing. And they were so pricked in their conscience because of his words that they all started leaving. One by one, they left. And finally, Jesus looked up. He looked. The, it's, the only one left there was the woman because she didn't know what to do. She was trembling in fear. And uh, he said to her, where are your accusers? And she says, there is no one here. Everyone's left. And he looked at her and said, now, you go too, but go and sin no more. What forgiveness? Isn't that powerful? Isn't that powerful stuff? Oh, man. Jesus himself. Go. Sin no more. Go. You're forgiven. You're forgiven. And we should, you know, well, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that when we come back from the break. But, um, you know, today we see hypocrisy in everyday life, Okay. People are judging others because of their skin color, their sexual preference, their place of birth, their political affiliations. You name it, someone is judging it. Yet the same people who judge are guilty of doing the same things. This is what Jesus was talking about. In Romans chapter 2, verse 1 says, You therefore have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else, for, what, for at whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself, because you who pass judgment do the same things. Wow. That's pretty powerful. All right. I'm going to leave it there for a second. I'm going to take a quick break, and I will be right back. All right. I hope you are enjoying our little chat together today. Uh, This is just something a little bit different, Uh, completely off the cuff. I didn't really have a subject matter to talk about today. I'm still doing research for other uh, subjects that I'm talking about. It's a lot of things to do, folks. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's great that we get together and we can, you know, we can chat like this and hopefully, you know, leave me some, uh, leave me some stuff on the website, uh, the truth must be told.org. And you can leave, uh, any comments that you'd like, or if you're watching this on Facebook, you can leave a comment section or private message me if you don't want anybody to know what you're saying. Okay. All right, so I hope you're enjoying this together. And all right, so let's get back to the subject. Look, I, 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 I want you to realize that we're all sinners. Okay, everybody, we're we're all sinners. We're all worthy of hell. There is not one breathing soul out there today who is perfect and can escape God's judgment. Romans two verse three says, "So when you, O man, pass judgment on others, yet do the same things, do you think you will escape God's judgment?" That is what's called a pregnant pause. I'll let you think about that for a moment. All right, I want to read to you a story. This is just a perfect example here. 
And the Bible's just so full of perfect examples. I love this. I love the Word of God. It's so great. All right. Um, in 2 Samuel, there's a story about King David and Bathsheba. Now, I know those of you may know the story. Maybe you've watched the movie, David and Bathsheba. You know, it was an old movie years ago. But David saw Bathsheba up on a roof bathing. And he lusted after her. He wanted her. So he brought her into his home. And he had sex with her. And she became pregnant. Now David, in order to hide this sin, ordered her husband Uriah, who was a captain of the guards, I think. He was one of David's generals or some high-ranking authority in there. He ordered her husband to sleep at home with his wife. Come off the battlefield. Sleep with your wife. And uh, he was thinking in that way. It'll hide the pregnancy, right? Because, oh, well, they just, you know, hey, he was home, he did this, and nobody will look to him. But Uriah refused to sleep in comfort while his men were in the, sleeping in the fields, okay, and doing battle. He refused to do that. So seeing his little scheme didn't work, um, David ordered Uriah to the front lines in the thick of the battle, and Uriah was killed, which is exactly what David was hoping for, that he would be in the heat of the battle, he would be slain, and then, uh, which is exactly what was hap- what happened. And then he took Bathsheba and he married her. Now let me read here. Now the Lord sent Nathan to David. Nathan was a prophet in the time of David, and when he came to to David, he said, "There were two men in a certain town, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had a very large number of sheep and cattle." But the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb that he had bought. And I can see David. You know, David was a, a shepherd, and I can see him saying, Oh, yeah, I remember I have ewe lambs. They're so cute and whatever. Um, and he said he raised it. Nathan said he raised this ewe lamb, and it grew up with him and his children. It shared his food, drank from his cup, and even slept in his arms. It was like a daughter to him. Now a traveler came to the rich man, but the rich man refrained from taking one of his own sheep or cattle to prepare a meal for the traveler who had come to him. Instead, he took the ewe lamb that belonged to the poor man and prepared it for the one who had come to him. David burned with anger against the man and said to Nathan, As surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this must die. He must pay for that lamb four times over because he did such a thing and had no pity. Then Daniel said, Daniel, Nathaniel, then Nathan said to Daniel, to David, you are that man. This is what the Lord God of Israel says. I anointed you king over Israel. I delivered you from the hands of Saul. I gave your master's house to you and your master's wives into your arms. I gave you all Israel and Judah. And if all this had been too little, I would have given you even more. Why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in his eyes? You struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and took his wife to be your own. You killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Now, therefore, the sword will never depart your home. You will you, from your excuse me. The sword will never depart your house because you despised me and took the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your own. This is what the Lord says. Out of your own household, I am going to bring calamity on you. Before your very eyes, I will take your wives and give them to ones who, to one who is close to you, and he will sleep with your wives in broad daylight. You did it in secret, but I will do this thing in broad daylight before all Israel. Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. 
Nathan, and he repented. Basically, he was saying he repented. And Nathan replied, the Lord has taken away your sin, but you're, but, and you are not going to die. But because by doing this, you have shown utter contempt for the Lord, and the son born to you will die. And Nathan had gone home, and the Lord struck the child with the, uh, that Uriah's wife had born to David, and he became ill. And the rest of the chapter goes on saying David was lamenting and hoping that the child would get better, but he died. So David was had many consequences for his actions. Now, do you see the hypocrisy here in the story? Dave, David couldn't hide his sin from God. Nathan said, you are the man. And David had to endure the death of the child of Bathsheba. You know, God forgave David for what he did. In fact, later on, he calls him a man after his own heart. But, but David had to pay the consequences of his actions. We, too, have to pay for our actions. Like David, we can get angry at the offender until we find that we are the ones that did the offending. And this is what that was talking about, and I just realized. So when you, O man, pass judgment on others, yet do the same things, do you think you will escape God's judgment? Mm -mm. You're doing the same things. Now, in today's society, it is so typical to blame the other person for our sins. It wasn't my fault. It was his fault, or she did it. It wasn't me. Or now we've got, it was the cop's fault that he had to shot, shoot that person. Oh, they were coming at him with a knife, but, but it doesn't matter. They were trying to kill the cop, but it doesn't matter. The cop shouldn't have shot him. Okay, now I, I, I have to relate a story here. Lori and I were talking about it today, and it, it kind of rings true because it, it took place in, a, in an area here where we have to see every time we go shopping because it happened right outside of a Walmart. Uh, here in, uh, in in Alabama, in Sims. And uh, I don't live in Sims, but we have to shop in Sims because that's the closest one. The community I'm in is, uh, there's nothing here. Um, but one day we were, uh, we were going, uh, we were going, we, we went to Walmart, we were leaving, we were ready to go get something to eat. And on our, as we were turning out, my wife says, look at that cop over there. Look, he's in trouble. And there's a, there was a, there was a sheriff's car parked the sheriff was to one side. He had his gun out, pointing it at a man with a hammer. And the guy was wailing the hammer, just threatening to hit the cop. Now, what we didn't know, <clears throat> we found out later, was um, the cop had approached him about the hammer. He, th he took a swing at the cop. The cop tased him, but the taser did no good. All right, he did try to tase the guy first. You know, when he got the guy away from him, the guy got up, and he was threatening to kill him with the hammer. Now... I was going over I, as fast as I could. I got the car over there because I was getting ready to get out because, uh, you know, I carry a gun too. At least, at least I could tell this officer, look, I'll hold him at gunpoint. You can cuff him <clears throat> something or help the cop, you know, if need be. But never got to that because the guy came at the cop. He swung back. I saw him come like this, lunged at the cop. One shot, boom, right in the guy's heart. The guy fell over. I'll never forget it. I will never forget the scene of the guy... He, 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 he grabbed it. He went like that, even with the hammer in his hand, and he just went over sideways, and that was it. He was gone. Gone. All right? That guy made a choice. The cop gave him every opportunity. All right? But in order to save, the, the cop had to not only save his life, but this guy was threatening other people with the hammer out in a parking lot of Walmart, which we didn't know. Thank God I was inside. Because who would have known? I mean, if he would have came after me with a hammer, 
when I was going out there with my wife, I probably would have drew and, car- uh, drew and fired on him. I mean, obviously, I, but thank God that didn't have to happen. But it could have. And, um, you know, we were there. We had to give her a statement, and we prayed. You know, we Lori and I prayed silently for the cop and, you know, for this <laughs> for this person's family and whatnot. And it's just a, it was just a sad situation. We got interviewed on the news and whatever. You know, to, to this day, some people even say, weren't you guy on the guy on the news? I know you. And, you know, so, but that's, I'm, that's not my 15 minutes of fame, man. I just, I didn't want, didn't want to be remembered that way, but it was a split second decision that had to be done. Now, if that had happened, you know, now, I don't know if people would be, I doubt people down here would be having an issue with it, but people would be screaming, oh, you know, couldn't a cop do something? The cop did try to do something else. He tried to tase him, but the taser didn't work. It's something they don't tell you. If somebody's hopped up like that or full of energy, sometimes the taser just don't do any good, man. And if you that are police officers out there, you want to verify that for me, truthmustbetold.org. Leave me a message. I'll, if, if, if you got an okay, I'll talk about it on the show at another time. But, um, you know, that man was responsible for his own actions. It wasn't the cop's fault. It was not the cop's fault. And... Uh, we are responsible before the Lord for our own actions. You know, it says, it says in the Bible that, uh, and I read this one time in uh, Revelation, where it says that uh, the books were open, and uh, and the dead were judged according to what they've done in the books. All right, and if their names were not found in the Lamb's Book of Life, there was another book open. He says, which is the Book of Life. And if their names were not found over there, then um, they'll be sent into the... Yeah. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who seated upon it, the earth and the heavens fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. I saw the dead great and small. The great people, the little people, okay? Great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done, not according to what somebody else had done, what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them, and each person was judged according what they, to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire, which is the second death, and anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. It's not a very pleasant thing, but that's a final judgment call. The book is, books are going to be open, and you are going to be judged by God for everything that you do and everything you say if you don't know Jesus, okay? So it's time to uh, just very briefly, I just want to say this to you, okay? You understand that all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's no one of us that are righteous or perfect. Not not a one of us, all right, the Bible says. And no one understands or seeks for God. All right? And God said, I just read it to you, that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is, is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The only way you're going to escape that great white throne judgment is by having your name written in the book of life, redeemed by Jesus, okay? Now, you don't have to be perfect to come to God. I, I've talked about this so many times. 
God demonstrated his love towards us, and while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, Romans 5.8. Jesus' death paid the price for our sins. When he died on the cross, he took the burden of our sins and opened the way for us to enter, in, enter into eternal life with him. And it's very simple. It's very simple. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to, you know, we're, we're only white, only wear blue, cut your hair, eat only vegetables and Twinkies, go to church 80 times during the week. You don't have to do any of that, all right? It's simple. It says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. God will not leave you. He will not forsake you. You cry to him, say, God, I'm a sinner. Okay? I know that I'm a sinner. I've sinned against you. And I'm deserving of death. I'm deserving of punishment in that lake of fire. But Jesus took the punishment that I deserve so that through faith in him, I could be forgiven. With your help, I place my trust in you for salvation. Thank you for your wonderful grace and forgiveness and the gift of eternal life. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, okay, and you want to confess it, you can confess it to me. Go to thetruthmustbetold.org and let me know that you prayed that prayer. And I'll start an email with you, conversation with you, that uh, we can uh, continue and I'll help you grow in Christ. I'll do the best I can. No one's taken me up on this offer yet, so... You know, it's a limited time offer. <laughs> it's limited time because uh, the rapture may take place any moment. I may not be here. Or God may call me home. Don't know, but it's a limited time offer. All right. Uh, but, you know, God's it's a limited time offer. Okay, let's just put it that way. All right. And uh, so go to the truthmustbetold.org, and there you can find links to write to me. And when you please do, let me know if you're enjoying the podcast. Those of you who um, are already Christians and want to, you know, just want to share, you want to give me a praise report, you want to make any comments or, or about the show, you want to give me some ideas about the show, I'll be glad to hear it. Go to thetruthmustbetold.org. I promise you, you will not be spammed, all right? I have a hard time just keeping up with what I got going up here. I'm not going to spam you with a ton of emails. Buy this, do that. All you have to do is do this. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to offer you... Um, to buy a piece of clothing that I was wearing when I was preaching. I'm not going to do any of that, all right? You are, um, you're safe, okay? It's a free website. It's a free, uh, it's free to listen to the podcast. You'll find links there to listen to the uh, my past podcasts. You can listen to them. And I promise you, you will not be spammed, all right? And don't, while you're there, don't forget to hit that donate donation button if you feel like uh, you want to help me out here a little bit. It would be appreciated, this It'll, it'll explain all that to you on the website. So uh, I thank you for being here today. I really do. It's been a blessing for me to just share my heart with you. Uh, and the show usually goes about, you know, 30 to 40 minutes, 45. Sometimes I, I take it out to an hour. Usually that hour program, it will be on the um, impactradiousa.org. Uh, sometimes I'll put two shows together, two 30-minute shows together. I'll splice them together and make it that way, too. So I always have some material going out there. But it, it's just another outreach for me to get the truth out there. All right? And um, I'm just exciting. I'm I'm really excited. I'm excited, not exciting. I find myself not very exciting. I'm, uh, you know, 
I'm probably a very dull person more than I doubt. But but um, I'm very excited at what God is doing. And I really hope and wi- I, my hopes and, and wishes are that you will be blessed and that you would, uh, you know, help support this ministry. But if not, I'm not, I'm not, I don't care because God is going to take care of this one way or another. God will move on people's hearts and he's already done that in some ways and got some new equipment, new computer because somebody moved on it for that. And we got some, uh, God's just blessing me in ways that I've just, I, I can't, I just too much to tell you, but I want you to, to, um, to uh, be blessed by the show, be blessed by the uh, by the teachings that I give on here, uh, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. Usually, sometime after seven p.m. Central, it will be on the air. It'll be available to listen to, and you can also view it on Facebook. But if you just you know if you're busy working and you don't want to see my ugly mug, there's really not much more to see. It's just a Facebook, just as a um, behind the scenes uh, as I produce the uh, podcast type of thing. Uh, there's more call for the audio than there is for the visual. So, you know, we want to get out there, you know, and share it, you know, like and share the links on the uh, Facebook page. And for those of you, again, uh, once again, just say hello to the new friends that I have out there and to all the uh, wonderful people who have been uh, praying for me. Thank you. Continue to pray. And just let me know that too. Uh, get on the go to the website. Say Sal, we're praying for you. I would really appreciate it. Just to know I got people listening, and that I don't have uh, crickets out there like that. <laughs> that people are out here and they're actually listening to the show. I know people are listening, but it'd be great if you guys just responded. I, it would it would re- really be wonderful. All right, so that's it for today. Thank you once again, and uh, God bless you. Have a wonderful evening. We'll see you on Saturday night. Uh, On the next time on The Truth Must Be Told. Bye-bye.